Can we pray this morning? Lord, we're very conscious that we're here in your presence today. And, and that's what matters. Lord, if we were gathered here and you weren't here, this would be a worthless... Uh, I suppose it would be good to have company and whatever else. But, Lord, the, the blessing is that you are here with us. And, Lord, I pray that you anoint this word that I bring today. In my own strength, Lord, I can do very little. But I know when you anoint the word that is brought, then it has impact on our lives. And, Lord, we all need that. So I ask your blessing on it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So last week we spoke from the uh, uh, book of Exodus about the, uh, uh, the nation of Israel. They were a family who become a nation enslaved in Egypt and uh, God set them free and led them out of, the, uh, out of slavery in Egypt and was uh, taking them to a land that he had promised way, way, way back to their father uh, founding father Abraham and um, praise God. It's good to see Tina back too. Yeah, I see your smiling face. And uh, did we well? We welcomed everyone. I'm sure Greg welcomed everyone. We got the the best hairdresser in Benalla here with us today and, uh, and a brand new baby here today. So I, I can't name the I won't embarrass the hairdresser by naming her, but I, but I can't remember the name of the business. But if I had long hair, it's where I would go to have it done. And, yeah, have it fixed up. So, yeah, praise God. It's a lot of work, my hair, I'll tell you. Praise God. But Abraham, yeah, promised the land of Canaan. And so uh, God is leading the nation there, and we know that uh, the journey of Israel from Egypt to Canaan is, is a, uh, a picture for us. It's a type of us of coming from uh, salvation from the cross through water baptism on our journey to where we live in and possess the promises of God. <coughs> so last week we began to read, and I wanted to talk about the... the uh, the cloud that led them by day and the, the, uh, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites by night. And I sort of went in a different direction. We started in Exodus chapter 13. You can turn there again if you like to follow in your Bibles. And we started at verse 17 and where God didn't take them on the short route. When they left Egypt, he took them by the long way around by the Red Sea and there were reasons for that. There were enemies that they were not ready to face. Uh, God needed to do a work in their heart before they were ready and able to go in and possess the promised land and uh, drive the enemy out. And so um, I just want to pick up today in verse 21 and simply read verses 21 and 22 of Exodus chapter 13. And so what we say today will then be based primarily uh, on those verses plus many, many others from some different other places. But uh, Exodus thirteen twenty one, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. 
praise God. That in itself says lots, but we'll come to that a little, a little further on in the message today. <coughs> so I could ask this morning uh, uh, the question, what was the cloud that led Israel? But it would be more appropriate to say, who was the cloud that led Israel? Because it wasn't just a cloud. Uh, it was a miraculous cloud. It was a divine cloud, if you like, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'll get there. Uh, we read a little about, uh, just to give you some clues if you're really not sure what the cloud or who the cloud was, from the book of Isaiah in chapter 63, verses 9 and 10, this is what the prophet Isaiah wrote about Israel and way, way back on their journey out of Egypt. In all their affliction... He was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So Isaiah writes that the one who went with them was the angel of his presence. It was the Holy Spirit. It was, it was God with them. It was... Uh, the manifest presence of the Lord, the angel of his presence, the Holy Spirit, the glory of the Lord, if you like, leading them and uh, guiding them on their journey. <clears throat> and we all understand that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, don't we? He wants to direct us. He wants to show us the way that we should go. And so in some ways it may even seem like it was easier back in this day because they followed the cloud and if they were journeying this way and the cloud went that way they chucked a righty it was sort of quite simple and uh, like you know it's it's uh, in exodus chapter 40 let's let's just read some verses there uh, beginning in uh, uh, verse 36 it says now whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle so eventually they had a portable temple you could call it a tabernacle in the uh, on their wilderness journey. And the presence of God, the cloud used to settle over the tabernacle. That's where the presence of God was. Now it's in us, but uh, that's where the, uh, the cloud was. And so whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained there until it was lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered on, over the tabernacle during the day, and at night fire glowed inside the cloud... So the whole family of Israel could see it. This continued throughout all their journey. So it was very simple. When it moved, they did. When it stopped, they did. It was quite simple. So if this was today and it was the same, well, uh, lead me, Lord. I want to be a muso. What should I do? I want to be a drummer. No, the cloud goes and settles over the guitar. I'm going to be a guitarist. It was like that. It would, it would lead you. That's, that's what it was about. And uh, uh, it was very, very simple. But as I just said, like, you know, the cloud by day and the fire by night now is in us. His spirit is in us. And you think, well, this was a, a cloud. And, like, it's interesting. I, I, um, uh, you look in picture books and, uh, and if, if, I may say too, if anyone wants free books, if you go out into the little room that where you first come in if you come through the northern end of the church 
There's a table there today and it's got books on it. I don't want them. Okay, so if you do, you can take them. They're free, okay? They're absolutely free. A man rung me the other day and he said, I got, I'm handling a deceased estate, and he said, I've got literally thousands and thousands and thousands of books to get rid of, and I'm struggling to get rid of them, especially the religious ones. And I said, oh, yeah, religious? Oh, Bibles and... You know, I don't know what's left there. Some people have already taken stuff that was in brand new Matthew, Matthew Henry's uh, commentary, like, and they're worth $85 to buy. Now, I don't know what's left there, so if you're chasing free books, uh, just have a look. You can take them, okay? They're, they're free, and I can get more on Monday. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, but I'm, yeah. But you look in picture books, and they show the cloud, and it's interesting how people draw it, isn't it? This little cloud that went up straight up like this, and... And I don't know what the cloud looked like. I have no idea how big the cloud was. But um, uh, it was a beautiful thing. Like it glowed, it had fire in it. It was, yet the presence that that cloud symbolised is in us today. Okay, so um, he wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. The, the Spirit of God, the presence of the Lord is, is in us today. We're, we're his bride, we're the church uh, you know, the Old Testament was about Israel and uh, the Messiah who would one day come and uh, now he's got his church and that's us and he wants to lead us and direct us to where we're going, uh, where we want, where, to where we possess and take hold of the promises of God that God has for us. So he's leading us and so if we look at how he led Israel, there's probably lots and lots and lots we could learn. Let me read you some verses today from Numbers chapter 9, 16 to 23. I just find these fascinating every time I read them because it really gives us a mind picture of what our journey can be like. And it says this, So it was always the cloud covered the tabernacle by day, the appearance of fire by night. We read that earlier. And whenever the cloud lifted from over the tabernacle, after that the people of Israel set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, that's where the people of Israel camped. At the command of the Lord, the people of Israel set out, and at the command of the Lord, they camped. As long as the cloud rested over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Even when the cloud continued over the tabernacle many days, the people of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was a few days over the tabernacle, and according to the command of the Lord, they remained in camp Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. And sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning. And when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Or if it continued for a day and a night, when the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a longer time, that the cloud continued over the tabernacle abiding there, the people of Israel remained in camp and did not set out. But when it lifted, they set out. At the command of the Lord they camped, and at the command of the Lord they set out. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by Moses. I don't know what I can add to that. You must trust and obey. We've got to learn to trust God, don't we? And you get the, you get the gist of the journey there. It might have been a night. It might have been a day. It stopped, and then it went at night. And there was light by cloud to see. And it might have been two days. It might have been a month. It might have been longer than that. Might have been shorter than that. <clears throat> One of my points last week was patience. And uh, it's no good running ahead of God and thinking, well, I think this is where the cloud goes. 
and it's wrong when it's you know it's tough when you go the wrong way isn't it you look around and oh no the clouds over there and you've done the wrong thing and uh, so we need to follow him <coughs> not preempt and you know my dad used to be a marathon runner and and uh, he used to run in the cross country season in the winter here in like 10,000 15,000 meter races and and uh, it was the Victorian 10,000 metre cross-country championship and it started at the Bendigo race course. And Dad said to me, he said, I'm going to win. I can win. I've, I've got a handicap that I can win this. He was in his early 50s and, and he was still a great runner and he said, I can win. And he said, I've got it all set out and it goes, it goes twice around the race course and then it goes out through Bendigo and through the hills and ends up coming back. And he said, there's a big hill as you're coming up to the race course. And he said, the road comes down, and then there's a big hill. And he said, that's where I'm going to make my break. I thought, that sounds great. When I was next talking to Dad, I said, how did it go? And Dad wasn't very happy. And uh, so Dad hit the front coming down the hill and come to a T. And there was a sign pointing up this hill, and he thought, here we go. And he was powering up the hill, and when he got up the top, there's this little boy standing there looking at him. He said, G'day, mister. He said, they're all going the other way. <laughs> and someone had turned the sign around the wrong way, and Dad made his break up the wrong hill. So it was all, it was all a disaster, and he, he didn't like talking about it. But anyway, so, uh, but you've got to follow. It's not, you know, understand what I mean, don't you? We, we mustn't preempt God. We've got to follow him, and... Sometimes our, our time thing doesn't seem like God's time thing. Lord, I need it now. I need it now and the cloud's not moving, so I think I've got to do so. I've got to go this way. And it ends up being the wrong way. Excuse me, or it never works out as good as what it does when we follow the presence of God. And he will lead us just as surely in here as he would with the cloud. Exactly the same. No difference at all. And so... Uh, we need to just really learn to trust him and move when he calls, when he says, etc., etc., etc. And uh, I don't know, how do you explain it? It's like the cloud in us lifts, isn't it? It's like the spirit, you know, he, he, he speaks to us. He's our helper. John 14, Jesus said, I won't leave you orphans, but I will come to you. And uh, you have another helper just like me. Someone who will do what I'm doing with you now is going to come. And at times it can seem better for Israel. Well, they just happened to see the cloud and make it, and they couldn't get it wrong. But they got it wrong lots, let me tell you. They were disobedient. Holy Spirit is with us. How do you say it? Have you ever seen the, the, the people who are blind who run in races? Even at the Olympics, the, the uh, uh, disabled Olympics, you know, the Paralympics, whatever they call it. Um, that's not the word because they're not all paralysed people, are they? But... They have blind runners, but they can't see. So they've got someone who runs with them and, and says, we're coming up to the 5,000 metre mark right now, you know, and so they know where they're at. You need to just pick up the pace a bit. They can see the clock. They can see uh, they're not running. The person's got to do the running, but they're running with them. They're telling them where they're at. They're encouraging them. Come on, you can do it. There's only four in front of you. They wouldn't know that if they didn't know. 
And so that's what the Holy Spirit's like. He, he, he's running the race with us. He's, he's encouraging us. And we've got a, a left-hand turn coming up ahead at the T here, not the right one. Like he leads us the right way. We just need to listen to his promptings that come from within and he can lead us personally very, 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 very clearly. Now, I just wanted to say something today about uh, uh, prophetic uh, as well. I just, I didn't plan to say this today, uh, but I just felt very strongly that I should just touch on this subject. But if I, you know, if there's anything I can get through to you today, it's personally hearing the voice of God. And, and we, we will all do that differently. We're not the same, but there are ways when God will prompt us in and, and different ways and, and that we can reaffirm and know the, the, the uh, calling of God and the, the voice of God in our lives. And I'll talk about that in a little. But prophetic, I have no problems with prophetic. I love it. I think the message needs to be prophetic each week as it comes forth, and it can be. Prophetic doesn't have to be, thus saith the Lord today, blah, blah, blah. Nothing wrong with that either. Like, uh, prophetic covers more than one area, and I love the prophetic. I think Pentecostal churches should move and be in the prophetic all the time on that cutting edge. I have no problem with prophetic at all. I want you to know that today. But I would never, ever act personally on a word someone gave me. Unless God confirmed that word, to me the prophetic in my life is more a confirmation about what God has spoken to me. I remember many years ago now when we came here, and I probably I could have told you this before, but we just knew God was calling us to pastor a church and we couldn't figure out how that was going to happen. Or, and it's no good running ahead of the cloud and trying to make it happen. And we were just asked to come here to fill in because there wasn't a pastor at the time. And, and so I was just doing what my pastor had asked me to do. And church was in the, where the kids are there today. And when I opened the door, and I just opened the door to walk in. And I just know the Spirit of God said to me, this is where you're coming. And there have been prophetic words that you're going to pastor, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't run out and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm, you know, I just, I just let God lead. When I walked through the door, I heard the voice of God as clear as anything. Within, before the day was out and the next morning was out, four people had said to me exactly what God said to me. One of them was Pam when I got out to go home in the car. Did God speak to you when you walked through that door this morning? I said, why? And she said, because he spoke to me. I said, yeah, we're coming here. And she said, yeah, we didn't really want to. You know, like we, not that we, lo- we love you now, but back then, yeah, I just, wow. But um, I just, yeah, we, had, we, I mean, we had place that we liked and we had things and we had earth moving and I liked it and I didn't, it, was, it wasn't like, yeah, let's get out of here. It was hard to go and we had to be obedient. But, you know, I went home and... And uh, my pastor, Warren McMartin, rang me up and he said, where were you this morning? He said, you've never, I can't remember the last time you weren't in church. I said, I went to Benalla because you asked me to. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, that's, well, that's interesting because I was just praying for you and Pam this morning and God told me you're going to go there. And I said, oh, thank you. So someone else the next morning said, uh, 
hey, where were you yesterday? I was coming home from Melbourne. As I drove past Spinella, I looked in and he said, God said, Daryl and Pam are going there. Just confirming the word of God. I wouldn't have done it if they had said that to me before I was called. I would have thought, well, that's interesting. I just would have waited until I come and God spoke. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to use it the right way. I would never act on what someone said to me unless God spoke to me first or after and confirmed it. And more the better. Praise God. So um, uh, just, yeah, we, we, I got home that night and we had to preach in Chilton. We were pastoring that little church and this fellow came in late and sat down and looked at me and then started writing when I was preaching. I thought, what is, who is he? And he was sort of putting me off because he'd look up at me and he'd start writing. And I thought, no, doesn't he like what I'm saying? Or who is this guy? What is he? And I just felt like going down and grabbing him around the neck. But I was preaching. And after I, I went straight down to him and said, hey, and took my hand. I said, Daryl, who are you? And he told me, he said, I'm from a, he said, don't laugh, please. He said, I'm from a uniting church. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> no problems with that. And he said, but mate, we move in the prophetic and we're baptised in the Holy Ghost and we speak in tongues in the one we go to. And someone gave us a holiday up here and we were going home and we thought we're missing church today and we saw the little sign, so we come in. And he said, as soon as I saw you, God told me some stuff and he said, I knew I couldn't say it or speak to you out loud, so I wrote it down. And he said, you're going, aren't you? said, God's called you today and you're going somewhere else and you're concerned because the people are going to be very sad because you're going. And he had written all this stuff down. I thought, well, there's another one confirming it. Like, happened, happened and over. So I have no problem with prophetic stuff at all. But I just, if someone said, hey, God's calling you to move to Sydney and start a church. God showed me this morning. I've got to tell you that. I wouldn't jump in the car and go to Sydney, okay? I would put it on the shelf and I would say, well, Lord, you speak to me. And if God opens it up and God speaks to you and whatever, well, maybe that was a word from God. But uh, it's very important, you know, um, if you've got a word for someone, good thing to take someone with you or, or do, do, you know, to do things appropriately the right way. I would, uh, you know, I, I would never go and see a woman by myself ever unless I got my wife with me. There's things we should and shouldn't do and... Um, I'll prophesy in church, I'll speak to you as the pastor, but, um, you know, there's so much stuff like, uh, uh, it's it's not my job as the pastor to come to you and direct you with words, with even prophetic, like, even God prophetic, you know, like, surely you don't wait for me tomorrow and wait for me to come and say, I've waited on the Lord, Lorraine, and he's saying to you, get out of bed, this is the first step to, oh, get out of bed, yeah, wow, I mean, it's my job as the pastor to teach you, like the Ephesians gifting, to mature and to hear God ourselves and to read the word and understand it. That, that's what my job more is. Then if God gives me a word for you, I'll, I'll bring it to you. I'll do it in the right way and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's my job to encourage you to hear God yourself and to hear him accurately. God doesn't call us to do stupid things. Like there are checks and balances on what people... Sometimes people say, the Lord told me to do this. And I just think, oh, God, help us. That is not God, you know? Like, just read the word. The word is a great check and balance on what God is supposed to have said to you, you know? If someone brings you a word and it doesn't line up with the word, 
I wouldn't even put it on the shelf. I'd put it in the bin. Because God never ever goes against his word, does he? You know, like crazy things that people think they hear and, and it scares you. <coughs> I had a, he was almost a, well, I knew him really well and sort of got on with him fairly well, this guy, and his name was David. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to him in a dream one night and said, you're David. And he said, yeah, I know. And he said, I've called you to be a David as David was in Scripture. And David had more than one wife, so you need to just not be locked into one woman. And silly idiot go, like, I can't believe what people do. Where's that in here? You know, like, God doesn't call you to do things that are not in his word. Amen? And uh, there are easy checks and balances that we really, really need. But the prophetic word is to build up, is to edify, does it not say in the word of God? Paul says that in Corinthians where he teaches the gifts of the Spirit are to to build us up and edify us and uh, to correct us to... uh, uh, in the right way, in the right people, the, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit gifts can be used to correct us, etc., etc., etc. And but they're never, ever, ever to be used to control people. That is not how they are supposed to work. And when people use them that way, it is absolutely wrong. It's next side to, to witchcraft, and I and I've heard stuff that's ridiculous. I think that is not God. That is control and. Um, it's stupid, and I wouldn't, you know, and it's not happened here, but I'm just telling you, keep your ears, keep, your, keep yourselves open. We want to hear God, and we want to hear him properly. Amen? And, uh, yeah, and, and we want to grow and uh, learn to hear the word of God for, for ourselves. Always two important tests for me. I've said to you, the word, what I read in the word of God, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And... Uh, uh, he, he will not call us. He will not lead us to do silly things. Like, he doesn't lead a wife to go to Africa to be a missionary and call the husband to go to New Guinea. You know what I mean? Like, God doesn't separate us. He doesn't... People say things to me, and what about your wife? Oh, well, she's staying home, and here's a disaster waiting to happen. Like, that is not God. You know, uh, if God doesn't call on you to... Do silly things, you know. I'm, I'm not going to resign here today and say, well, I felt God's just called me to be at home and people are going to send millions of dollars to me and that's how I look after my wife. What a stupid thing to do. I'll go bust in a, in a, night, in a, in a week, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to work, you've got to look after your family. You, got, you can't just, yeah, God never calls on a guy to neglect his family. I don't know why I'm saying it today, but... We've got to look after them. And even if we don't like our work, we've got to work and, and provide. God's called us to do that. If we want something different, we need to wait on him. And, and uh, Lord, give me something different. I'm not liking this. I'm not, this is not fulfilling. You know, nothing is impossible. That's our word for the year. But we, we've got to be sensible. Seriously, you know. And um, God doesn't call us to do silly things. The, the second thing as far as hearing the voice of God to me is the peace of God. And even, even, if it's a, even if it's a huge thing that you feel God has called you to do, um, and look, you know, I'll be very honest, this was huge for Pam and I coming here. I'd never been a pastor full-time before. 
I hardly knew what I was doing as it was. And God's calling you to come and pastor a church. I know how to do earth moving. I could go back and do earth moving. And there's times I've thought about it. <laughs> I thought I could just go back and drive trucks. I was that way a couple of three years ago. I just thought I could feel the road ranger in my hand. You know, I just thought I just, I just want to. And I got my license taken off me. And I thought, thanks, Lord. I just think he stopped me from going back. And uh, you know what? But it was hard. It was hard setting out and had to sell everything. Everything I knew that would make me a living that I knew I was good at, I had to get rid of and trust God in something I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, yeah, as we prayed about it, we just had a peace in God that it was the right thing. And so that makes all the difference. If I was in turmoil in my heart, I would never step out in something until I was settled in it. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but if you've got the peace of God in your heart, it'll be okay. And uh, you know those beautiful verses in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in any situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which goes above, which transcends, which passes all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the master of translation. But, but um, I just find that's a wonderful check. And you believe God said this, and you'll have a peace in your heart about it. Absolutely. And it's a great check. Someone brings you a word and it doesn't sit right, I just put it on the shelf if I haven't got the peace of God about it. Does that make sense? Felt I had to say that this morning. The cloud in the wilderness, cloud by day, fire by night, is a great picture to us of the faithfulness of God because every single day through the years that it took, 40-something plus years to get to where they, with Joshua, crossed the Jordan River into Canaan, the cloud stayed until they crossed the river. And even when they disobeyed God, even when they fell into sin at times and just so went opposite to the word of God, it's not like God said, oh, well, that's it. The cloud stayed. The manna fell every morning. The quail came every evening. God faithfully supplied and we, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. Man, me, far from it. I think I'm worse than when I was a kid half the time. I think I'm going backwards in some things. We make mistakes. We do the wrong thing. But God doesn't pack up his bat and ball and go home. He said, you know, in Matthew 28 at the end when he commissioned, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, to when he comes again. He will not leave us. His spirit will not go. We can make mistakes at times. Oh, God's left me. No, God doesn't leave. He is faithful and remains with us. We can get back in the river, Sharon. It was a great word this morning. Because sometimes we get out of it, don't we? You mentioned mistakes and the oh, get back in. Ask forgiveness and dive in. Like, you know, serious. Uh, he is faithful. He will never, ever, 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 ever leave us. I love Psalm 36, 5. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends or it goes, you know, like the clouds. It's just absolutely huge. Your faithfulness 
uh, your extents to the heavens, sorry, your faithfulness to the clouds, his mercy and his grace and his love and his faithfulness are just, wow. You know, like it's just enormous beyond our human understanding. It seriously is. When Paul writes about it in Ephesians chapter 3, love that, you know, I want you to understand his love. And then he says, but it's, it's so wide, it's, can't get me head around it, it's so high, it, it's just beyond human understanding, but get love, you know, like, it's absolutely enormous. And so the cloud gives us a picture, it stayed the whole journey, it never ever left, and God will not leave us either. The pillar of cloud uh, by day and fire by night not only led Israel, it covered and protected them as well. Psalm 105.39 says he spread a cloud for covering by day and fire to give light in the night. And I think it gave warmth to them too. If you read the scriptures, they didn't freeze to death on cold desert nights and on hot sunny days, I think the cloud gave them shade from the sun. And so uh, from what I can understand in scripture, Uh, God faithfully looked after them and led them and protected them. And uh, man, I don't know, Pammy, we've had some times in our lives and we didn't know where the next meal was coming from, almost not joking, seriously. But God has always provided, hasn't he? Always. Always provided. Just, I can never think of a time. Was it tight? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was two days too late, but it was right on time. As it turned out, God always is. I'm not going to say he's going to provide you three years before you need it. Probably go and spend it if you did, you know. Like, But God always will come through. He is so faithful and he provides, he protects us. Things that happen at times, you know, just, just he leads us. At, at times, I believe, and we don't even know what we're doing at times. I've taken a wrong turn and there was an accident just after I turned the corner. I think, God, I don't even know why I did that. I was berating myself as I turned and thought, why have I turned the corner for? Daryl, put me blinker on to do a U-E and go back and bang. I thought I would have just been there. <laughs> like, how often has God done that and we don't even know it? Because we didn't see the accident. You know what I mean? Like, he protects us. He looks after us. He leads us. And uh, man, oh man, he's an awesome God, isn't he? And when you, when you next read a story to your kids and you see the cloud in the book, well, go for it, okay? He lives in here. <laughs> Praise God. I do know, I do know that prayer and worship bring God's presence closer. Now, I can't teach you that. I can't explain that to you. I can't make sense of that to you but I know it's real. Does that make sense this morning? Yeah, no? Lucky I'm not a school teacher, wouldn't I? Go to do the exam, couldn't make any sense of anything he ever said, can't answer the question. (laughs) God's in here. God is present in me, lives in, is in all of us today. If you are a believer, if you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, forgive your sin, be your Lord and be your saviour, his spirit has come into you. And, and he's here. So it's not like, oh, God, I just I need you to come closer. Please come. I am, I've been feeling I'm right out. Well, he's already here. 
the thing of rising up within, David said, didn't he? Like, oh my soul, rise up. It's like it needs to come from within. That's where it needs, the stirring needs to come from. But I do know when we're together at times and there are just specific times when the presence of God is just touchable. It's just, it's just different. It's powerful. It's really, really, really powerful. And uh, covet those times. Seek after those times. There's nothing like the presence of God. If you want to get blessed, you get into the presence of God in a big way and it'll bless you. <laughs> Make sense? And see, uh, you know, before the before the uh, the tabernacle was built, Moses had a little tent, and he used to go out to the tent. It was called the tent of meeting. And when Moses went out to the tent, the people of Israel would say, "Oh, hey, he's coming! He's coming out to the tent again!" And they would all come out of their tents, and they'd be all watching Moses. And the cloud would be there above the the children of Israel, and as he went to the tent. The cloud used to come down over the tent and, Moses, and, and God would talk to Moses. He drew near and so prayer and worship just bring us into a spot where we can hear God far more clearly. And that's what we need, isn't it? Life can be so busy at times. Life can be just so bustle and busy and, and children and and work and employment and bills and sometimes we just sometimes we just need that place where we draw aside that tent of meeting if you like to call it and just let the presence of God come into us rise up within us however I say it where we just know when God speaks to us and uh, I just know early hours of the mornings are usually good times for me like that and and just uh, the word, things out of the word will speak to you and notes you can make and what God says to you and things, things I preach sometimes God spoke to me about a year ago but write it down. Always have, I, I would always have a notebook if you write or as uh, uh, long as you can handle an iPad or a phone, they're all right as long as you can handle one of them. I don't mean operate it, I mean use it for notes. I know some people that go away to pray and spend two hours playing games on the silly things, so um, I don't know where to find the games I'm on, on and I'm not going to try and find out. It doesn't interest me. But, but you need somewhere to, to write down, because I forget what God says. I do. I just God says some things to me at times. I think, mate, that's a great thought. So I've got a, a big page on my thing, communion thoughts. I just write them down. So... Can you do communion? No, I haven't got anything. I need six weeks to get some. No, I've got thousands of them down there. I've got lots of, lots of stuff. Just write them down. You will find God will speak to you. Draw close to him. Yeah. Who senses his presence here today? I love, I love, the, um, I love the end verse of of uh, Exodus 33, <laughs> I, I really do. It says, thus the Lord, this is, this is my old version that I love, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, because, you know, he would, he would come to the end of talking with God and he would need to go and do things that he had to do so Moses would walk out of the tent of meeting. 
but he had a young assistant who later took over as leader and his name was Joshua, didn't he? It says young Joshua didn't want to leave, he used to stay there. <laughs> Just love being in the presence of God. Ah, oh, tell you what, folks, it's incredible. It so is. It so is. Tell you what, if your children are out in the program today and if they've been here in the worship, that's the best thing you can do for them all week. Do you know that? Absolutely the best thing you can do all week for them. There's something about the presence of God that is just so beautiful. The cloud just represented it back there for them in one period for a 40-something year period. And there were other times when they dedicated the temple, the cloud... God's glory came down again, didn't it, over the temple when, when they dedicated, when Solomon de- dedicated the temple. But, uh, folks, I, I just get a, get, a, get a desire for the presence of God to be in it in a powerful way. It affects you sometimes. Like, yeah, it just, it's just really good for you. I remember as a little kid playing with me trucks and cars under the seat. You know, it's, that's... Uh, you get taken to church on Sundays and and I couldn't figure out messages when I was three and four and five, but I got used to backing trucks under the seat, mat. When I got older, I knew how to do it. Yeah. Learned under the seat while I was in church. But I remember some Sunday nights and old pastor A.T. Davidson, his name would be would be ministering the word of God and the presence of God was just so... And I didn't understand as a little kid, but I knew it was good. I knew in here there was something, something, something really, really good. And I can remember my dad, and I'm, I'm not knocking my old dad, I love him. Saw him last week for his 91st birthday, last Sunday afternoon. And uh, but I remember one time my mum, when I was, I was only about five-year-old, and mum was just at death's door for weeks. She was so, so, so sick in hospital. And I remember my dad saying, I don't know if I believe God anymore. This doesn't make sense. He's not doing anything for my wife or your mother. He says, you're a fool if you believe it. And, I mean, I wasn't very old, and I'm not that smart. I can tell you that now. But I just knew, see, he said, you can choose that way if you like. And I just knew I would. I just, I just said, I got to, Dad. I got to. I just know God's good. I've, I just, just there's something about His presence that was just so beautiful. I just knew it was right. Serious. It just, I, you can't explain what's in your heart sometimes, can you? Close your eyes. Just, just you can remain seated. But I, I, I just, uh, uh, and, and I'm not going to ask anyone to come out today. I'm not going to do that. But. I just want everyone's eyes closed. I don't want anyone looking. Even people up the front, just, yeah, you can play with eyes closed. Lucky, mate. Just, uh, but if you need a miracle in your life today, I just want you to put your hand up and put it down. Yeah, see those hands. And I'm serious, a miracle. It might seem humanly impossible. But I'm, I'm praying today, and I don't care whether it's finance or in relationship area or... Uh, uh, health with your health, whatever it may be, family, I have no idea, employment, whatever. It uh, could be any area of, of your life, but there were many of you today who raised a hand. And I, I believe God 
is just going to start something today. I've been praying during the night. You can put your hands down if you, if you need that. Uh, if, if you've put them up, you can put them down. But um, I, I just, uh, just through the night, I, I um, just praying and praying last night. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, sleep doesn't seem to happen for me these days. I'm awake. I'm always seem to be awake, except when I'm driving, I go to sleep. Not good, is it? But anyway... I just, yeah, I just felt in my heart that God wants to start breakthrough today in in, in what you need for a miracle. And I don't know if the breakthrough mightn't even be something that needs to happen in you first, but I do know that God, God just wants to start breakthrough today.